0: Welcome back. Well, it makes perfect sense when questioning the reliability of a book to start by looking at its authorship, which is exactly what we're doing right now. Here's George. So we're looking at how to understand the reliability of the Old Testament documents. Now, of course, one of the things that we could do is carbon date the paper or the papyrus that was used for the documents in the scripture that we have, or the archaeological location and the context where it was found. And this is often used to date ancient documents. But when we do this, those tell us just the age of the base material of the document, not the age or the accuracy of the text that's written on it. In other words, the words written on a piece of paper or a papyrus or on a stone, for that matter, we can only determine the age of what it's written on. The text itself, what was written, could have come from a previous, much older document. Further, what we usually find is not the original document. It's a copy. In fact, we don't have any of the original documents of the New or the Old Testament's so how can we be sure that the text in our copies is what the original documents actually contained? That's the puzzle. Well, it turns out that there is a method, now greatly aided by computers, incidentally, called textual criticism. This is a technique intended to recover, as well as possible, the original text based on a multitude of copies. The technique is quite ancient. It was actually in use thousands of years ago. And it consists of looking at how the copies we have differ from one another. Here's a simple example to illustrate this principle. And I want to share it here because this really is how we date the authenticity and the time of the documents that we have in Scripture. Not the only technique, but it's one of the key techniques that's used by biblical historians. So imagine that you're in a classroom, and a teacher writes a sentence on the board. And three students in this classroom copy it onto three pieces of paper. We go and we read, Each of the student's writings, the three separate pieces of paper. Student number one wrote down this sentence, copied it off of the board and wrote down this sentence. I went to the corner store and bought 10 peanuts. Student number two, the page says, I went to the general store and bought 10 pennies. Student number three wrote, I sent to the corner store and sought ten peanuts. All of these are written down from the same sentence that a teacher wrote on the board. Each differs from the others. The teacher erases the board and leaves. We are given only the students copies of what was once written there. Which one is the most likely to be accurate? I'll explain how we determine that in a minute, but let me repeat the three sentences and see if you can figure out how we would determine what it was the teacher had actually written there on the board. Here are what the three students wrote. I went to the corner and bought 10 peanuts. I went to the general store and bought 10 pennies. I sent to the corner store and sought 10 peanuts. Now, what did the teacher actually write? We don't have that any longer. What did you conclude? Well, the answer is number one, because that sentence is more likely, sensible, and logical, but also because in those places where sentence number two and sentence number three differ, parts of them are the same as sentence number one. So, went Corner, Bought, and Peanuts were probably in the original. But what if 30 other students were also present, and we found their copies, and all of them were written independently, at the same time as the first three, and every one of them reads, I sent to the corner store and bought 10 Peanuts. A textual critic, that is, someone who examines the historical accuracy of copies of documents, would conclude that this last one is statistically more likely to be an accurate rendition of the original, what the teacher wrote on the board. Of course, all 30 additional students may have made the same scribal error, but that's highly unlikely. Rather, the odds are excellent that I sent to the corner store and bought 10 peanuts is the true original. The more copies you have that agree, the more likely it is that what you have is what was in the original. Now, there's a lot more to this analytical process than simply numbers of copies and the logic of the content and the words, but you get the general idea. When it comes to ancient documents, the more copies we have that are consistent with each other and the more places they are from, the more likely that what we believe to be the content of the original is actually so. This is a widely accepted principle in the study of many ancient texts, not just Scripture. What is compelling about Scripture is how many copies we have that can be dated not far from when the original, now missing, document was written. For non Scripture documents, we have a few copies, and they were made long after the original. Listen to this quote from F.F. F. Bruce's Are the New Testament Documents Reliable? Here's what he says. For Caesar's Gaelic War, composed between 50 and 58 BC, there are several manuscripts, but only nine or ten are good, and the oldest is some 900 years later than Caesar's day. Of the 14 books of the Histories of Tacitus, that's from AD 100, only four and a half copies survive. The text depends entirely on two manuscripts, one from the 9th century and one from the 11th. To be clear now, as I comment on F.F. F. Bruce, Caesar's Gaelic War was written about 50 B.C. No one knows where the original is, nor do we have any of the many copies made between 50 B.C. and A.D. 900. They are all lost, destroyed, or yet to be found. The earliest copy we have is from AD 900. And yet no one doubts the accuracy of the copy. The words we have are what Caesar wrote, though no one has seen the scroll on which they were first written. Similarly, with Tacitus, and also with Livy's Roman history, and the histories of Thucydides and Herodotus, and many more. We have few copies of these important and ancient writings, and the copies typically date hundreds of years after the creation of the originals. The case with the New Testament, however, is profoundly different. It was written beginning between 30 and 40 A.D. and likely completed around A.D. 100, There are thousands of copies of the books of the New Testament, many dating to A.D. 200 to 300, just a couple of centuries from their being written. More, these New Testament books are quoted by other authors from the first century and on, which provides another confirmation of their accuracy. Sir Frederick Kenyon, an expert on these documents, says this. The interval then between the dates of the original composition of the earliest extant evidence becomes so small as to be in fact negligible, and the last foundation for any doubt that the scriptures have come down to us substantially as they were written has now been removed. Both the authenticity and the general integrity of the books of the New Testament— may be regarded as finally established. That's the opinion not just of Christian theologians, but of secular historians who look at ancient texts. The vast numbers of manuscripts, all virtually identical in content, and all of the very early references to them by writers in the 1st through 5th centuries Fundamentally, make it impossible for the church to have rewritten the Bible to control people. Like it or not, what we have is what was written, with only tiny differences. Some might not agree with the content of the New Testament, but it is highly probable that what we read is what the authors wrote. Justinian and Theodora, who ruled in the 6th century AD, did not go in and take out references to reincarnation, nor did any of the other conspiracies to change the content ever happen. For one thing, too many people already had too many copies of all of the New Testament scriptures, and they weren't about to let the emperor and his wife or anybody else Decide to take part of it out. They couldn't have gotten away from it. So that deals with the issue of whether what we have is what the authors wrote. We have lots of evidence. We'll come back and look at this in more depth next time. Thank you, George. As mentioned earlier today, we're in some challenging material right now, which is why we invite you to get your own copy of the book and follow along with us. You can do that at What We Believe and Why. Books are available there, as well as other resources. And we hope you'll join us next time for another edition of What We Believe and Why.